0: Hello and welcome to another episode of schlop Tactics, the podcast where we believe badder is better and aim to review the buddy cop B-movies so that you don't have to. My name's Ash and I'm joined once again by Mark. Oh hi Mark. Good evening. And welcome everybody to the 30th episode of schlop Tactics. In just over three years we have done 30 episodes, which means we've done at least 60 films, probably a little bit more, as we've done a few triples as well. So we are, yes, an anniversary of sorts, the 30th episode, Um, and today we are going to be talking to you about two buddy cop movies, which uh, have something in common in that one of the buddies is an animal, so that's the (laughs) theme today. It's quite a specific theme. (laughs) Yes. uh, Animal buddy cops. Animal (laughs) buddy cop movies. It's not as specific as you think. The the last uh, episode we did, it was a post-apocalyptic special where we reviewed uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown and She-Wolves of the Wasteland, uh, which was good fun. A couple of Mad Max rip-offs. So if you missed that one, go back and check it out. It was uh, our post-apocalyptic special, but today we are going back to a well-trodden area on this podcast, the (laughs) mid-90s. I don't know what it is about the mid-90s, but um, we've been here before with Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Waterworld... Uh, Halloween the curse of Michael Myers and many more biodome biodome demolition man yeah yeah Did it come back to the mid 90s constantly because I don't know I think there was just a lot of a lot of more money than sense I think <laughs> in the mid 90s and a lot of films tended to to flop at that time so that's that's where we find ourselves yet again where we are going to be reviewing top dog from 1995 and Theodore Rex also from 1995. So we'll start off with Top Dog. This stars Chuck Norris. Mm. The first time we've ever spoken about him on the show. And yeah. actually, I think this was the first Chuck Norris film I have ever seen in yeah. my life.
1: I've come across plenty of uh, <laughs> memes and, and video yeah. clips and things. But I couldn't, I couldn't his, actually name his you films of his films. His films are not actually
0: that well known, are yeah. they? He is <laughs> well known, but his films are not that well known. I wouldn't have
1: been able to name any of his films before... This one and I'm no, so not sure if I can name any others.
0: Other than cameos and bit parts. This, this was my very first um, Chuck Norris film that I've ever seen, which yeah. I watched this week. So here we go. We we both lost our, our virginity to Chuck Norris this <laughs> week. And you uh, never thought I'd say that. So <laughs> here we go. So this is him in nineteen ninety five, obviously on the on the on the wane from his action action star status in the 80s and such and I think he was you know a third and fourth and fifth wheel to people like Arnie and Sly and Van Damme so here he is sort of um on the decline we find him uh, this film is directed by Aaron Norris oh the younger brother of Chuck Norris okay and if you look at if you look at Aaron Norris's filmography on IMDb it is it is sequels to very successful films that <laughs> Chuck Norris has done so it's like Delta Force 2 or <laughs> Um, missing an action three, <laughs> so Chuck Norris does like a successful like action film, and then down the down the road he lets his younger brother direct a, yeah. a crappy sequel. So that's uh, that's Aaron Norris directing Chuck Norris here in Top Dog. Um, we look at the IMDb on this one. It's got a 4.2 on IMDb, which isn't too shabby, and the uh, synopsis being with his cop companion shot and killed by terrorists. Reno the dog pairs up with tough cop Jake in thwarting the criminal organisation. The criminal (laughs) organisation. Not a criminal organisation. There's only one. (laughs) So that's the backstory for this film. I think um, if you've ever seen Turner and Hooch with Tom Hanks, then this is that. Exactly. But with some slightly more um, bizarre plot twists, I would say, and villains in particular. Yeah. So... um, on this one, uh, we open with uh, sort of a montage of detectives talking over uh, sort of a slideshow of of different evidence and ticking bombs and things, and it's is sort of cut into an ex- explosion uh, where two maintenance men are sort of like leaping away from an explosion, yeah. and then that sort of morphs straight into a, a a dog in a bakery. Yeah, and, and this is Reno um, star star of this um, film along with Chuck Norris. Actually, in both these films, you'll notice that the uh, the animal is introduced before the headline movie star, yeah <laughs> um, which is interesting. Uh, Reno really likes donuts and if he does a good job, he'll get a, a, a jelly roll, as they call it in America. interestingly, on the credits here it says the screenplay is by Ron Swanson. I don't know if you're a parks and recreation fan Mark, but Ron Swanson is um a, a lead character in that, in oh, that okay. sitcom so ah. i don't know I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there can't be a coincidence that there's a character, sort of, 15 years later in a sitcom. I, I need I need more information. And I couldn't find any more information. Not only is the screenplay written by a guy called Ron Swanson, most of the people in this film's surname is Swanson as well. <laughs> so it's very bizarre. Um, yeah. I need to know more information whether whether Ron Swanson, the character, descended from this screenwriter in some weird way. Uh, if anyone knows what the backstory is, let me know because I couldn't find anything to do with that and then we are introduced to the weirdest things about this film that the villains in this are white supremacist yeah. terrorists in in what is essentially a family film with a cute dog that mm-hmm. solves crime it is constantly cut together with scenes of white supremacists saying <laughs> horrible things about about other races and it's it's a constant source of uh, hilarity, and also confusion for yeah. me in this film. I think I don't know what the idea was with
1: this. It's a bit strange. It doesn't have any relevance. It doesn't seem to fit in that well, but at least the filmmakers have acknowledged that white supremacists are the antagonists <laughs> in of the goodness. world. Yeah, yeah, thank goodness.
0: And Chuck Norris doesn't like that. Yeah, so we're we're glad that that's established. I guess it's more typical that, that terrorists will be like foreigners, so at least I think it's a nice change sometimes to see that there are Terrorists that are white and American domestic, terrorists. yeah, exactly <laughs> domestic terrorists. Because it's usually foreigners or you know Muslims and stuff like that. So at least at least they've sort of switched it up a bit, I guess, from your typical yeah. evil Russian or evil uh, you know Saudi or whatever it might be. So that's I don't know. It it's weird, but but still one of the more interesting <laughs> elements of the film. It is weird, <laughs> and it's at this point, eleven minutes into the film, that we are introduced to Chuck Norris himself. Uh, who plays a character called Jake Wilder. He sort of wakes up covered in beer cans and he's been on suspension, so he's kind of like a fuck up. Um, the, the this du- is the cliche, like <laughs> uh, good cop gone, like terrible. Yeah, like he's like got thing. a hangover and he wears dark sunglasses and he <laughs> yeah. doesn't really dress up. He wears jeans. But the chief has um, told him his suspension has now been lifted, calls him into the office, and he's um, comparing police records with some other cop's records. He's like, oh, you know suspensions you've got the same amount as this person and um oh yeah a, a total number of arrests you've got the same amount as this person he's like, who's whose mm. file is that you're reading really <laughs> like, oh, come on uh, who is that oh it's your new partner ah i work alone uh-huh. i don't have a partner um and then of course in walks actually in walks a woman first yeah and, he's like, <laughs> and he goes i'm not working with a woman <laughs> and he goes no no it's the dog uh yeah, I don't want to look at the dog either. <laughs> so I still think he would rather work with the dog than a woman. Um, but she's this sort of on off again love interest that never really materialises and yeah. she doesn't do much really. I was um, expecting it to materialise, but But didn't no. no. They never really followed that through. Um but yeah, this is um this is Wilder and Reno being united as this unlikely body cop pair we see some sort of montage of um, Reno training in a canine school Yeah. Uh, he attacks people in like those dog suits that you get and he comes out of a building holding like a massive like brick that has the word dope written on yeah. it in black letters <laughs> oh I mean we could all find dope if it had the word dope in <laughs> letters on it. From that lovable scene to some racist gangsters driving through Mexico using racial slurs shooting at Mexicans out of their window just when you start to enjoy the film it kind of kills the mood a little bit and it's yeah. like here's some awful shit that probably should be in another film you know mm-hmm. they get chased by the police and they end in a fiery wreck it's not a bad little car chase actually there's like no a, not too bad explosion at the end and there's stuff. like automatic weapons being fired yeah. yeah again it belongs in a different film maybe and then we find ourselves in sort of a an abandoned factory or a foundry here where there's like a racist rally and it all gets pretty heavy here you know he's talking yeah. about immigrants being the problem and we need to wipe them out and all this like again really like se- quite serious stuff
1: like racial like purification yeah. and, like, they're um, chanting like wh- white power over I know over it's again. it's
0: just it's pretty heavy stuff you know for a, for a family film or what was supposed to be a family film and then they unveil this big banner which has sort of got like a rubbish almost swastika on it they've sort of had to change it a little bit yeah. at least for this bit and it looks more like a I don't know like a half a swastika, but some of them are longer. It's just yeah, some sort of racist symbol that they've created for this this terrorist organization. It just looks a bit a bit naff. Again, we switch back to comedy again, where um, Chuck Norris is trying to feed like this disgusting dog food to um, to Reno, and then while he's not looking, Reno steals his chicken. And again, so it's telegraphed miles ahead because he's like, "Here's your dog food." Mmm, here's my tasty chicken. I'm going to eat yeah. it. I'm going to eat it. Oh, there's the doorbell. I'm just going to put this down on the counter for a moment. It's like, you could have seen this coming obvious, from a mile off. Yeah. yeah, it's just pretty
1: obvious stuff. They're just trying to bring up that. They're basically trying to just create that narrative of like, they don't get on at
0: first, but they'll get on yeah. later. They'll bond over both enjoying roast chicken. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, 30 minutes into the film, we finally get uh, Chuck Norris actually kicking someone in the face, <laughs> Yeah, which i got to say is pretty great. All of these people attack his house and it's racists wearing clown masks, fancy yeah. dress masks. Again, quite a strange mm-hmm. um, mix of comedy and seriousness. But he's surrounded by all these like all these racists in clown masks and he's just like, yeah, he's doing these pretty awesome roundhouse kicks and yeah. twatting people and punching people. It's, it's pretty good. It's obviously what you want to see in a Chuck Norris film. There's not really enough of it in this film, but he does... He does bust out some of his moves here, which I mean, he obviously he's been hired for his martial arts ability, not for anything else. So you know, it's good to see that. The first of one of these really strange scenes where he visits his mum, and he's just really nice, and his mum's really nice, and he gets on really well with his mum. But nothing happens. It's, <laughs> but this, why? <laughs> this doesn't drive. This doesn't like push the plot
1: forward in no. any way, and they, she has no relevance to the. I think
0: it was meant they to be like, oh, you think this guy's like a real hard ass and real mean, but but he gets on with his mum. It's like, I didn't really think that. I thought thought he was all right. (laughs) So I don't know what you're assuming. (laughs) But yeah, just lots of pointless visits to his mum. He's just having a heart-to-heart with her while eating a banana and says he really likes bananas. Again, I don't know what the relevance of that is. (laughs) Um, And Reno electrocutes a TV guy that's repairing the TV. We get an interesting sort of uh, scene where it's cuts between a police briefing, which is explaining these uh, increase in uh, racial terrorist attacks, uh, and it's cut in with the actual meeting of the terrorists themselves, the white supremacists, or like the upper, the upper level who wear fancy suits and slick back their hair and are vaguely European. They're all meeting together to plan their their bombing. And in the briefing, they describe this guy called Carl Kohler who is the essentially the super Nazi. He's like a very powerful businessman in America, and he is um, he is their top top white supremacist that they want to nail. There's another sort of random drugs bust here, which is just seems to be an excuse for more roundhouse kicks. <laughs> um, he like kicks this guy out of a window. and oh, He, lands, that was awesome. he <laughs> lands on like an awning, and then the awning sort of collapse. Yeah. The porch collapses. That was a cool. That bit. was pretty good. And again, from a from a scene where white supremacists are plotting terrorist attacks to a violent fist fight to a dog show.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: where this the kid is taking the dog around this cruft sort of dog show, and there's a montage of the dog wearing various silly hats, yeah again, no point, no relevance doesn't relate to the plot at all again, if the whole film was like that, it would be fine but but next to these previous scenes, it just makes the film so much more confusing and like it just doesn't it just doesn't fit together, you know, yeah,
1: and there's a bit like just before that where the kid is talking to chuck norris's character about how like he's upset about his grandfather and stuff and mm. he's like oh it's about to be like this emotional moment but then reno comes along and he just suddenly jumps up and really happy to play with him it's like you're pretty upset about your grandfather like <laughs> five seconds ago
0: <laughs> they just can't seem to commit to one tone in this film <laughs> yeah. it's like oh, we're bored of this now we're bored of the races skip to <laughs> skip to some chuck norris fighting skip to the dog being cute you know it's like you can't really get into it because it keeps changing its its kind of tone yeah it's quite a, uh, quite a funny scene where he meets up with his mum again and he's just casually chatting to her yeah so I've got to stop these neo-nazis and he's planting a tree at the same time he's like you know you know what these neo-nazis are like she's like oh yeah yeah that's, that's, that's annoying isn't it um, and then and she says well you know they're probably going to be planning a terrorist attack tomorrow like, why? well think of uh, failed <laughs> watercolor artist he's like what what
1: what are you talking about mum she's like it's the 20th of april tomorrow it's like
0: what what? that's hitler's birthday is that don't you know well obviously it's hitler's birthday why do why does she know this why does anyone know this like obviously it's hitler's birthday tomorrow and if i were you i'd be looking at uh, the terrorist attack happening tomorrow
1: what? they're just trying to shoo in some kind of use for this character oh well, like, um, yeah like,
0: just give some uh, exposition yeah <laughs> it's so weird um, she's like thanks mum thanks for the, the Hitler advice um, <laughs> it's insane <laughs> he says to his uh, his boss we need to pick up Every racist in the area, and then the police station is just full of these like skinheads, bikers, like completely yeah. full of these uh, racist scumbags, according to him. Maybe someone will know something. Yeah, I and mean, probably some of them aren't racist. They've just been like they just look a bit a bit racist, maybe. Mm. Um, but they've all been like packed into the the police station in an effort to prevent a terrorist attack from happening. Mm. But then, in a remarkable uh, turn of events he's investigating someone's office and he finds a little wallet and he opens the wallet and it's a series of postcards with pictures of places in the local area. And on the back, it says when they plan to attack it, how they plan to attack it, <laughs> what the sort of schedule is. He's like, great. Oh, this is, this is great. This tells me exactly what I need to know. Like, well, that's, that's great. That's handy, isn't it? Like there was no investigating to find this. You just opened someone's drawer and it was there. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. No, no effort into this plot, really. <laughs> so he goes down to the old steelworks where they had the rally earlier on, and again, there's like some pretty awesome fight scenes. He's surrounded by like 20 Nazis. Like, yeah, he's just absolutely decking all of them. It's <laughs> <that's laughs> quite don't stand cool. A yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's around this time that I'm, I'm I I noticed that these are some of the most uh, not only camp Nazis but for white supremacists, most of them have got long hair. And most of them are sort of wearing like flowery shirts, and they <laughs> yeah. like Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. <laughs> uh, especially one of the henchmen, he's got like long hair, like a perm, and like a like a waistcoat and a shirt. It's like I don't think that's what. what White supremacists look yeah. like unless this is a new wave of them, like. But they they've all got long hair, they're all skinny. It's this like '90s grunge version. They are, like, <laughs> yeah. That's basically what they are. They like look like they've come from a, a grunge festival or like slightly. Like, just shave some heads, like that's what people associate with it. Just have some like bald thugs, you know. So I didn't really buy any of these people as being white supremacists, um, and they were quickly dispatched by Chuck Norris. So obviously they they couldn't cut it. But whilst Chuck Norris is using his fists, Areno is using his dog, dog wits to out, out uh, outsmart these Nazis. Also around this time, I notice an awful lot of um, Chuck Norris kicking people in the dick <laughs> yeah. as one of his sort of special <laughs> moves. It would be like punch, punch, roundhouse, roundhouse, dick kick, <laughs> punch, punch. It's like every fifth move is a kick to the dick. Yeah. It seems to be quite effective. Cheap shot. Yeah. And they realise, oh my God, the terrorist cell they're going to target the Coalition for Racial Unity which is this sort of um, uh, PR uh, yeah. event that's happening downtown there's like a huge shootout there's people like plummeting off of balconies like, like in a Bond film there's like, uh, there's like a rabbi a bishop and like a Catholic priest, this is not a setup for a joke. Um and they're all like there to help with the racial unity. There's like a like a black priest, a rabbi, you know, it's like all, yeah. all the colours of the rainbow. And they all like they all pile into this limousine and then they get locked in there and they realise there's a bomb underneath mm, the yeah. limousine, which Reno I think is able to to sniff out. And this obviously Chuck needs to go underneath and, and disable the bomb, you know, it's a red wire, blue wire situation, basically. Yeah, he chases down the head Nazi, and what does he do? Kicks him in the dick. <laughs> sort of fights him uh, in a massive tree, uh, at the base of a massive tree. Um, and then right at the end, uh, Reno is introduced to these religious people, and the Catholic guy's got like a long red scarf. And at the beginning of the film, we we discovered Reno loves to destroy long red scarfs. In a so, in a surprising twist of events, at the, at the very end of the film, he he uh, attacks the red scarf, and he literally. Bashes the bishop, um, and he falls over. And he's like, Reno, and it's sort of a, a cheesy freeze frame, and then the credits roll with this like bizarre '90s like like levelers font. It's like this font that has like st- sun rays coming off the O's, and just, the same like, music as at the yeah. start. It sounds like kind of like uh, Spin Doctors kind of. Oh nin- yeah, the music was funk rock. Quite good. It, oh, what was it? It, it was sounded like, like Spin Doctors and that, that yeah. kind of thing there you go that is um, Top Dog from 1995 what were your overall thoughts on this one Mark it was a pretty slow <laughs> like
1: there wasn't much depth to it at all mm.
0: I quite enjoyed the fact that there was this kind of
1: neo-nazi bad guy group but <laughs> for originality yeah. it just just what yeah like I don't know why they put that in there but it was original there was some good action in it like a few good scenes where there was like some nice roundhouse kicks and uh, things like that yeah um, probably not quite enough <laughs> yeah I was going to say not enough like they probably could have packed a bit made, uh, yeah. made the scenes that <clears throat> did have that longer or just put more of them in there I do like a a dude and his dog set up that was quite cool but, well, there are quite a few of those <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I think I mean this is I think this is quite an obvious Turner and Hooch rip off um, the Tom Hanks uh, plus dog buddy cop from uh, from 1989 um, it's really the exact same formula you know I'm not teaming up with a dog yeah. you know it's, it's exactly the same but with added white supremacists which it's not something I, I I felt was needed in yeah. that kind of, in a buddy cop um, uh, sort of family comedy and you just you just imagine like I don't know I don't know what the rating was this for because who's, who goes to see a Chuck Norris film probably like adults yeah. who want to see violence and like people getting murdered and who goes to see a film where a dog is like a cop? Probably kids. So, mm. what was their audience? <laughs> how who were they targeting? And how you know how who who did they think was going to be coming into the cinema for this film? And probably the adults would have been like, "Well, all so this cute bullshit with a dog," and and the kids would have been like. Mum, what's a white supremacist? <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean? So, I don't know. It's such a confused, weird film. Um, believe it or not, this did have a theatrical release um, and was the last ever Chuck Norris theatrical release. Ah. It was all to video after this film. Ah. So. this was his... Theatrical swan song. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I don't know. I would like to see more Chuck Norris films, but not this kind of thing. I would like to see what he's known for. You know, I would like to see is it Delta Force, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. I would like to see something where he's on the on the cover looking like Rambo, because that's sort of what he did in the eighties was Rambo type, type stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, I said
1: I hadn't. I couldn't think of anything he, he's been in, but. Now that you say Delta Force, mm-hmm. that definitely rings a bell. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: Delta Force and Missing an Act, Missing, missing in an Action. action I yeah. think is like First Blood. I mean, if you look at the poster, he does look like Rambo. So mm. yeah, it's, it's a shame for Chuck Norris. Obviously, he's quite likable as a as a sort of person in these films, but he's obviously a low rent Sylvester Stallone or. JCVD, you know, he's yeah. he's quite far down that pecking order, isn't it's he? Probably you? a bit cheaper. Um, yeah, I think he was like a karate world champion, wasn't he, in the 70s, and that's how he got into acting because he was in mm. Bruce Lee films, wasn't he, originally. So he's yeah, he's probably done quite well for somebody who wasn't interested in doing films in the first place. He was yeah. just like a karate guy. Um, so yeah, fair play to him. Um, I'd like to see more Chuck Norris films, but this this was pretty boring um, yeah. and just very confused tone. You couldn't get into it because it wouldn't really let you, it was you know. F-
1: so slow for a film that was only an hour and a half. I was like, this is dragging.
0: <laughs> it was like, oh, just when you start to get into like the terrorist plot, bam, here's some like cutesy dog comedy, and then just while you're sort of recovering from that, then bam, we're into like Chuck Norris kicking people. It's like it's like three different films, kind of,
1: hmm. you
0: know. Not the great greatest introduction to Chuck
1: Norris, probably yeah. for either of us. <laughs> He's probably done better films. I <laughs> I'm imagine. sure. I'm sure he has. I'm
0: sure we'll. Uh, We'll check them out. Maybe he'll pop up again on the on the podcast. But yeah, that was Top Dog from 1995. Okay, so the next film that we're going to talk about is Theodore Rex from 1995, starring Whoopi Goldberg, and a giant dinosaur puppet. <laughs> Quite an infamous film in some circles. Um, I hadn't heard of it until fairly recently. IMDb has a 2.4 out of 10, which is really wow. not great, is it? That's shocking. Um, <laughs> The, uh, Whoopi Goldberg won a Razzie for this film so this uh, is a Razzie winning performance I feel like it's been a while since we've covered anything that's won a Razzie so that's yeah. that's quite exciting um, and if you look up if you even look a, up at this film a little bit you will find out that Whoopi Goldberg didn't want to do this film um, but she was contractually obligated she verbally agreed to it in 1993 and then backed out and then she was threatened with Having her pants sued off, um, so she agreed to do it under under duress. Although it says she was paid seven million instead of five, five which is what yeah. she was originally contracted. To I read that. Yeah, so she's I don't got feel a bit too more. bad for her. Yeah, got a couple more million out of it. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of contra- controversy there about, you know, whether people should be held accountable to appear in a film if they've agreed verbally. But she, I think she settled for that instead of going to court, so she must have known that she did agree to do it. So, yeah, a bit of controversy there. But um, Whoopi Goldberg, sort of at the height of her fame in the mid-90s, I would say, uh, appearing in this film. And the uh, synopsis, In an alternate futuristic society... A tough female police detective is paired with a talking dinosaur to find the killer of dinosaurs and other prehistoric animals, leading them to a mad scientist bent on creating a new Armageddon. Mm -hmm. That makes it sound a lot better than this. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great description for this film. (laughs) I'm afraid it's not quite as good as it sounds. But yes, this was... This has actually got quite an interesting um, statistic as well. The most expensive ever direct-to-video film at the time. Wow. How much? I don't know. <laughs> it's probably been superseded by now. Yeah. But yeah, at this time, because they were originally going to put it out in, in theatres, but they changed their mind and went straight to video, maybe because they, they paid, would be gold-paid too much, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it ended up going direct-to-video.
1: Oh. Thirty-three and a half million dollars.
0: Yeah, that sounds like quite a lot for this film. For a director video, mm, yeah. yeah, for well, for director video, yeah, definitely. Just looked it up. So yeah, <laughs> I wonder if that's been superseded by now, maybe. But yeah, this was uh, top dollar in 1995. We get this sort of preamble at the beginning, when, in which a, a mad sort of billionaire launches a missile and releases animals from what's known as New Eden in the film. And this is a person called Kane. And this is our villain. So the villain is introduced first. Then the puppet dinosaur. Then will Goldberg. <laughs> Again, strange, strange order of things. Teddy Rex. He's referred to from now on. So I don't know. Don't really know why they called it Theodore Rex. Yeah. He just. They just immediately started yeah. shortening it anyway. Yeah. So we start with a dream sequence where um, Teddy is in a, a graveyard and he witnesses a murder, and then he wakes up and it was all a dream. Um, but he's 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 got aspirations to become the first dino detective. So that straight away there's some hints that there's a sort of a prejudice against dinosaurs and mm-hmm. they're not allowed to rise to the same level as humans yeah. and there's a sort of ha- a half-baked idea of like the dinosaurs being discriminated against. Species which Species hierarchy. Like, yeah, which is really never f- followed up on really, but yeah, this, these little seeds are planted. There's a completely pointless, um, futuristic cookie launcher I wrote as he goes out the door he's like hit me with a cookie and it just goes flying out of like a toaster (laughs) don't know what the point that was and we're introduced to Whoopi Goldberg uh, playing a character called Katie Coltrane Um, she is um, hunting down some criminals now interestingly in this film pretty much all the criminals are skaters yeah. They're either on roller skates or skateboards and they've got these sort of glowing red eyes i don't know what the, what that says about the makers of this film that they yeah. hate hate skateboarders or they think that they're the scum of the earth or something um it's a strange decision and it's, also it's the 90s nice. they have to be on skating something i suppose <laughs> that does place it very firmly in the 90s yeah goofy villains in this film that's uh, i think part of the downfall of it they they're not intimidating or scary in the least like i so said they're sort of in lycra and they're skateboarding it's not mm. it's not very scary we sort of get these um these these sort of wide shots of uh, the streets with neon signs and this is the first kind of indication that this is going to be a quite a blade runner ripoff for the most part just down to like the people sitting at a a, a sort of noodle bar at the side of the street and all the neon signs is very yeah. very obvious and the fact that they're investigating this murder and that there are sort of two separate classes of citizens, you know, lots of similarities to Blade Runner. Teddy uh, goes to a sort of a fundraising function and we get our first sort of good look at this Design of this of this dinosaur. What, what did you think of the overall look of the uh, the puppet here, Mark?
1: <laughs> when it was close to the face, actually, just looked like the donkey from Shrek.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't very like expressive. I, it was quite puppet puppety. Yeah. yeah, quite stiff, quite rubber. Pretty daft. It was like
1: not dissimilar to garbage-pail kids or something like that. <clears throat> oh
0: god. <laughs> well, to me, it obviously reminded me of. Disney's Dinosaurs the TV show which was Jim Henson's uh, yeah. puppet work which I actually watched lunchtime today so I've got a direct comparison yeah. um, this this puppet is no uh, no Jim Henson creation mm-hmm. it's um, quite stiff by comparison when you look at the Jim Henson dinosaur puppets they've got about 8 or 9 different parts of their face moving at any given time and this is quite a stiff and rubbery uh, puppet by comparison uh, also the, the mouth didn't really move in time with the words it was no. quite disconnected i thought yeah that was
1: i think the um the actor or person that was inside it i think that some trivia somewhere said that he struggled to move inside of it he couldn't like right. look, he couldn't look up and down <clears> and stuff or
0: i guess like a lot of people that played godzilla over the years it's like a bit of a death wish if you get inside a suit like that <laughs> and you're in a, on a movie set which is always boiling you know it's, it's yeah. quite dangerous. But yeah, this this is this is Teddy. Uh, like it or not, he's going to be the co-star of the film. I think a lot of people said in the trivia for this that they were expecting the the character to be um, digitally enhanced in post-production or something like that, and <laughs> clearly that didn't happen. So right. <laughs> this was it. this puppet. We spent all the budget on Whoopi Goldberg. <clears throat> well, obviously, yeah. Um, we're also introduced to uh, the sort of police commissioner here, uh, Commissioner Lynch, who. Uh, some people might recognise as uh, the guy that played Shaft, a sort of uh, old black exploitation star from the seventies. Yeah. He promises he's going to make uh, Teddy a detective one day, so that's the sort of motivation for him. And yeah, we're going to pair you up with uh, one of our best police people, um, in the form of uh, of Katie Coltrane, Whoopi Goldberg, and uh, again, she's not happy with being paired with a dinosaur. He's a dinosaur. But he's a dinosaur. <laughs> a di- yeah. Stop, stop that. I'm sure this was scripted, but there was no need to say <laughs> that many the times. word dinosaur so much. Yeah. Here. Unless they're early in the film and they really want to get across that this is a dinosaur and a and a world where dinosaurs exist, you know. But yeah. this pissed me off. I, it, was, it was quite annoying. She doesn't want to work with him because he's a dinosaur. Again, there are these two goofy villains called Mr. Edge and Spinner who pop up every now and then. One of them's got sort of long hair and looks quite sort of like a, like a goth, and the other one's got like a fake eye or something like that, or like maybe his eye spins. Maybe I don't know. the The copy on YouTube is not great quality, so we had to do the best we could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both these films are okay. on YouTube. Yeah. Top Dog is much better quality than this. It was hard to, to make out some of the detail, but again, um, I'm not paying for this kind of film, so <laughs> that, no. that was fine we get the impression that Edge and Spinner are sort of in with the politicians. The politicians are corrupt. They're working with the villains to a certain degree. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and then they both attend an autopsy. Katie and Teddy attend an autopsy with the person who was murdered at the beginning of the film. who is a dinosaur called Oliver Rex. And they meet with a dinosaurologist. <laughs>
1: yeah, she calls herself a head dinosaurologist.
0: <laughs> Which I think should be, yeah, I think that should be what you're called if you study dinosaurs. Yeah. That makes more sense than a paleontologist or whatever. Oliver Rex was married to Molly Rex, who is sort of the strange dinosaur love interest in this film. Um, so they go to the, uh, the club where she sings as a sort of a, a sultry club singer. The Extinct Species Club. The Extinct Species Club. It's <laughs> not very catchy. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. We're introduced to a character who pops up a couple of times and was very enjoyable. This waiter who is extremely camp. Oh, yeah. Molly performs. This is probably the same puppet as Teddy by the looks of it. She looked exactly the same. Yeah. Maybe they popped a bit of makeup on her, but um, not very creative with their with their Tyrannosaurus Rex puppets here. She looked exactly the same with like a wig and some makeup. Yeah pretty lazy. Very little exposition going on really. Yeah, it's just she's singing, Whoopi Goldberg is um, having a drink while a a dinosaur just burps at her at the bar, don't know why Um, but then Rex is attacked by some skateboarding goons Um, while Katie's getting some more sort of information about New Eden, again this sort of organisation or this project that we hear about throughout the film uh, they head to the police station for the sort of standard bollocking from the police chief about whatever, you know, taking too long to solve the case or spending too much money, blowing too much shit up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not blowing anything up. It would have been more exciting if they did. They're just taking a long time to solve a, a crime, which is not very cinematic or or interesting. Yeah. There is quite a good scene here where Rex goes to get his police gear, his police costume. Um, he goes through a number of looks, including opera, Mexican, hula girl, and bagpiper, complete with musical accompaniment and accent. Yeah, funny this accent, is uh, entertaining. Which is quite fun. <laughs> and then he just ends up basically looking the same as he did when he walked in. He sort of has like a red hoodie on and some jeans, and that was it. So I was kind of disappointed. I thought he could have had a better outfit. Yeah. Like Whoopi Goldberg wears this sort of futuristic black lycra SWAT team thing, but he just looks like he's wearing like... Cool kid clothes from the 90s, like jeans and hoodie, you know. Yeah. Uh, they visit Mr. Kane at New Eden, and it sort of turns out that he's got two of every creature and he's been building some sort of um, utopian paradise, etc., etc. Some quite entertaining bits here where um, Whoopi Goldberg tries to copy his secretary who has a British accent. <laughs> yeah. She just which... immediately hates this woman, like just <laughs> mocking everything she says. Like, I copy. thought she did quite a good British accent, yeah. it was quite funny. Oh, we shall go and see Mister Kane now and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. You know, it was it was quite funny in her voice. Um, we we discover here the whole sort of idea of the film is that Kane was the one responsible for resurrecting the dinosaurs in the first place, uh, as part of his Ed, uh, New Eden project. Not Eden project. That's a place in <laughs> <laughs> just New Eden. And uh, the dinosaurs. Um, Teddy vows to solve the murder. But in between he's got time to go on a date with Molly and there's this weird sort of montage of them going going on a date some um suggested sort of dinosaur sex is on the way but but never happens thank goodness yeah. they seem to have a lead on the killer while they're doing that there's lots of techno babble here um which I've sort of reminded of um Johnny mnemonic for a bit here where they talk about the um or the person you need he uh, he moves in uh techno circles and he's on the ninja grid uh, and his name is the toy maker it's like yeah it reminded me of the Johnny Mnemonic like you're too hot get off my grid sort of scene you know they go to visit them there's another very obvious Blade Runner reference where Whoopi says that she's more human than human and this might be my favourite scene the toy maker the whole toy maker bit. They get there and Oh, that guy in the bag. <laughs> they're not they're not <laughs> greeted by the toy maker, but one of his toys. It's a bit like Puppet Master. They're greeted by this sort of looks like a Muppet basically. This little blue guy that pops out of a bag and he's got this accent. I'm like, Why what are you doing? What do you want? This is the bit I laugh most at. It's so stupid. <laughs> I think it was meant to be funny. And he's a sort of a wise guy and he's quite funny. And then there's like a, a caterpillar puppet as well they find the toy maker and he's sort of almost like a samurai sort of character um, they manage to capture him and in order to interrogate him and make him talk teddy breathes his horrible stinking breath in his face and then sits on him and farts repeatedly until he tells them what they want to know
1: they just um
0: introduced <laughs> this farting
1: thing not long before to make to make it like so that they could use it in this to build scene. it up yeah cuz she kept like accusing him of farting and he's like I didn't butt trumpet or, or pump I didn't gas. pump gas <laughs> yeah. Pump gas
0: yeah and you are thinking where is all this fart humor coming from yeah. and, then, and then it pays off and it's never brought up again <laughs> yeah and it wasn't in the first like hour of the no film. like there was no no um, alluding to um, flatulent dinosaurs before so this is weird <laughs> um I, I kind of lost track here for a bit. There's, there's a scene where um, Teddy becomes a fly, he gets in a flying machine and he becomes yeah. like a flying dinosaur, and that's how he uh, he infiltrates New Eden. There's Flight of the Valkyries playing as he sort of smashes through the window and uh, he attempts to arrest Kane while Katie has like a firefight with, again with more sort of skating goons. There's lots of explosions. There's a good bit where the British secretary said she's gonna put um, Teddy to sleep and one little prick and you'll wake up in paradise. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that wasn't a dick joke, it right? just yeah, yeah. so slip, slipped in there in the middle of like a, yeah. quite a family film. You know? <laughs> dick joke, nice. And there's some sort of suggestion that there's cryogenic freezing or um, sed- people are being sedated, dinosaurs are being sedated and kept in sort of um, prison cells. It's a bit. Um, But then Teddy saves the day, effectively, and he unites the humans and the dinosaurs together. And he's made an officer, finally a proper officer, uh, of the police department. And then instead of saying the end, it just says, See ya! Yeah. Again, in cool 90s font on the screen, and then we get some rubbish music over the credits. (laughs) So there it is, Theodore Rex from 1995. What were your overall thoughts on this one? Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was... um it was quite funny in places like it did make me laugh
1: the guy in the bag was the probably the most ridiculous (laughs) character (laughs) i quite liked the um the characters in the nightclub place Hmm. it kind of reminded me of like a dinosaur version of frog town almost yeah (laughs) it was like a creepy without without the post-apocalypticness obviously but kind of dystopian yeah yeah but yeah i just i didn't really follow the plot very closely i kept sort of drifting out of it I don't know how much plot there really was So well, I mean
0: we should mention it's like like 29 degrees where we are today yeah. so it was quite <laughs> difficult to concentrate on this film we are in a heatwave here and that didn't help um, with this crappy low res YouTube copy
1: it was amusing though it did uh, it did make me laugh but um, yeah it was
0: uh, a bit thin on plot pretty bad Ra- yeah, Raz pretty, pretty Razzy bad. worthy Razzy worthy yeah <laughs> I mean I don't know um I would sooner have given it a Razzie for worst film than lay it all on Whoopi Goldberg. I don't think she did anything too wrong in this film. I thought she did the best she could.
1: I think she was... Like, any parts where she didn't look good, it's probably because she was poorly directed or given some terrible, terrible dialogue to speak.
0: Like, if you look up the, the background in this film, you would think that she was, like, deliberately being... Shit, because of the, 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 the controversy, but I didn't think that. I thought she was uh, doing the best she could acting opposite a puppet, yeah, um, with some terrible script and 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 yeah, terrible everything. So, I, I don't think she should have won the Razzie, but I think he should have won a Razzie for something, probably yeah. special effects, yeah, uh, if anything. It's it's an odd one, really. I think I was expecting it to be worse than it actually was, judging on the IMDb rating, and yeah, it's I don't of think infinity. it was
1: quite a 2.4. No, like. Yeah, I would have said at least like three and a half, four, maybe I don't know, yeah, but <laughs> 2.4 indicates like the absolute no yeah, yeah it's it's a weird pitches, one
0: but. like I say, it's cashing in on more on the dinosaur craze of the mid-90s, obviously Jurassic Park Um, Disney's dinosaurs uh, Jim Henson's dinosaurs that I mentioned a bit of Mario Bros movie maybe I I can't say it was cashing in on the success because that would be crazy but this is only two years after the Mario Bros movie and that featured a dinosaur and dinosaurs quite prominently and it's not not dissimilar is it? Yeah. Yeah. so I think this is a little bit of a um, you know, dinosaurs are cool in the '90s. Let's just have a buddy cop thing, which isn't a bad idea. But yeah, the strange decision to sort of set it in the future, even though it's got dinosaurs in it, um, is an odd one. I think I've seen a film similar to this where a guy a guy was a, a T. Rex. He, he was a, he looked like a human, but he could transform into a T. Rex, and he was also a police. Police officer. If anyone knows what that is, let me know because I can't remember. <laughs> but it was, it was bloody awful as well. Um, so there's a, there's this a sort of, there is a very, very niche um, subgenre of um, <laughs> dinosaurs, and there are also police officers. <laughs> it's very, very small. But um, yeah, I would say, yeah, watch Jim Henson's Dinosaurs if you want to see like dinosaur puppets, really good dinosaur puppets that are genuinely funny. And if you watch that program, there's loads of like adult jokes that are snuck in there. Um, that you know, they're not meant to be for the kids you know and stuff like that Yeah. so that's that's a better option really uh, if you had to have one of these films be your partner and have to work with it every day to fight crime and uh, choose to uh, leave one back at the station to maybe have a, a desk job which would you choose to partner with and which would you leave behind oh I don't know
1: they're both pretty crap it's <laughs> pretty
0: close this one isn't it yeah. I think
1: yeah uh, I'm to choose theodore rex uh it's very close but i think <laughs> i laughed a bit more in this so the comedic values uh, there was like kind of some funny bits but they were not that funny in the in uh, uh top dog but uh theodore rex i would choose maybe just might have swung it the fact that we watched it together it's always, <laughs> just always better. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. I, um just because i laughed a bit more and uh uh, even, it was crap, but <laughs> it just about wins for me, I think. Yeah,
0: I think I agree. It is pretty close. Um, but Theodore Rex, I think, at least had some more interesting elements to it. The fact that it was a sort of a sci-fi dystopian film, that's my, my kind of thing. Yeah. That there were dinosaurs was obviously a bit more unusual than a police dog, which is a real thing. Like, yeah. uh, these films that, that partner people up with a police, you know, a policeman with a police dog, like, you know that's real a real thing, right? That does, like, there are police dogs. It's not that weird, you know? I feel, feel like these films are thinking it's some some crazy idea. Like, imagine a dog being a police officer. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that That is a thing. Like yeah. So I think Top Dog was a, a bit boring. It was a Turner and Hooch rip-off, and that's a better film. Um, so yeah, Theodore Rex, it throws more at the wall, and I, I did genuinely laugh. Um, there were some jokes that were meant to be funny and, and were yeah. funny. I was expecting to like top
1: dog more because I was like thinking oh Chuck Norris never seen one of his films it's going to be like badass and there was some good action in it but there just wasn't enough of it and uh, I probably would prefer some of his other films I guess
0: yeah I think it was being stifled by the sort of family friendly tone they're probably thinking along the lines of like kindergarten cop and stuff like that like oh now, now we realise that a big action star can like be in a family film, and that's that's successful. Why don't we try this with other other people? But yeah. nobody really had that same success as, as Arnie did, you know, right. Jingle All the Way and stuff like that. So, like we said, it's probably it's one of the, one of the worst Chuck Norris films to start our <laughs> uh, our, our interaction with him. Um, but yeah, Theodore Rex. It just goes for a, a bit more of a wilder premise, even if it is like Blade Runner plus dinosaurs, you know. That's still a more interesting premise than a guy that does police work with a dog. Like yeah. that's that's pretty normal. So yeah. I agree. Let's uh, let's partner up with Theodore X and leave Top Dog back at the station. If you are looking for uh, similar films to these, uh, we mentioned some of them there. Turner and Hooch from 1989 with Tom Hanks and a dog. I haven't seen a lot of buddy cop films to be honest, and even less featuring animals. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are famous buddy cop films like *Lethal Weapon* and and the like. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of buddy cop films anyway. So there, there would have to be a weird twist like dinosaurs for me to be interested mm-hmm. in the first place. Sci-fi. Um, yeah, yeah, sci-fi dystopian, and again, I think this cashes in on stuff like dinosaurs and Jurassic Park, which I'm I'm assuming everyone has seen. So yeah, I haven't got too much in the way of recommendations. If anyone else can recommend uh, films to us that have non-human police officers, that's (laughs) quite interesting. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Maybe. Um, Yeah, maybe there's other stuff out there, but it's uh, it's a such a niche genre. I couldn't really recommend any um, non-human buddy cop movies. Hmm. (laughs) So these are these are your main ones, I think. (laughs) Um, So yeah, do subscribe to the podcast. Uh, And any time we'll release an episode, you'll be the first one to know. Uh, Give us a rating on iTunes if you wouldn't mind. and You can find the podcast uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, wherever you do get your podcasts. YouTube. Uh, We do put them on YouTube eventually as well (laughs) if you like to watch podcasts on YouTube. uh, You can go and subscribe over there as well. And there's also shorter uh, reviews and little videos that go up there. A retrospective of the anaconda films which somehow has got like thousands of views yeah. i don't know why so if you like Anna, the anaconda movies go and check that out thousands have thousands can't be wrong um must have hit a weird algorithm along yeah. the way but yeah check it out i do retrospectives and short reviews over there as well follow us on social media facebook instagram and twitter at schlock tactics get in touch let us know what you uh, think of these movies and let us know if you want us to review any particular movies. Point us in the right direction. We always love to hear feedback and we'll always read it out on the show if you do leave some. But that has been another episode of Schlock Tactics. My name is Bit Ash and I've been joined by Mark.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: And we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye.